The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Again, that's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P. And make sure to check out our Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. All right, everybody, welcome to the Trade Deadline Special, hosted by yours truly, me, solo episode by Noah Beanick. Uh You can follow me on Twitter or TikTok or wherever at 77NB. That is the word 70, the number 7NB. Now, I'm trying my best to sound enthusiastic about this, but if I'm being totally honest with our audience today, this is the third time that I'm attempting to record this one. The first time, the audio didn't record. The second time, I accidentally muted my microphone when I was testing, so the audio didn't go through at all. So I've actually been recording the same episode for about an hour and a half now, and I only want it to be around a half hour. So we're here. Um, And again, if I don't sound enthusiastic about it, just know that I love the trade deadline. Um, For me personally, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. I'm also a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. So both of my teams have been down in the dumps the last, you know, seven years. And I've sort of taken a liking to following the prospect scene. And also, I am the host of the college baseball experience. So I know quite a bit of the names that go through the college baseball scene into the uh, farm systems for many of these major league teams. And, you know, talking trade deadline is like right up my alley. So... I made all these notes and I felt like it's the middle of the night. I was getting ready to call it night, but got to give the people what they want. And it's trade deadline talk. And we'll get into some MLB betting. We'll get into some futures uh, that I like after the trade deadline here. There's a couple of good prices out there that I really like. And I think that we can take advantage of here together uh, with you guys listening to a trade deadline specific episode. Instead of us barely touching on some of these trades while we're talking about daily bets. So if you're one of those that want to know our best August 3rd Wednesday MLB bets while just, you know, knowing the names that were traded during the MLB podcast or during the MLB trade deadline, the prior podcast to this one, the one right under it where you're listening to this is going to be the podcast for you. But if you're looking for more in-depth analysis on who the winners, losers, and just all the trades were, that is the this is the podcast for you. Without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Now, I'm not going to give you my number one winner right away. Uh, that wouldn't be keeping my audience very long. That's just not a very good strategy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my most intriguing deal, and then we'll talk about the blockbuster, which was Juan Soto and Josh Bell heading over to the Padres. And that huge blockbuster package that they sent back to the Washington Nationals. But first, the most intriguing deal to me was the New York Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals. 
It happened between Jordan Montgomery and Harrison Bader. And it happened at like 5.54 p.m., literally six minutes before the trade deadline. The Yankees traded away Jordan Montgomery. And this most perplexing move to me in the trade deadline. Montgomery has a 369 ERA, 97 strikeouts, 23 walks, a 110 whip, and 114.2 innings pitched. Why did New York trade away a pitcher that they probably needed down the stretch here? Uh, they really, they're content with their four pitchers that they have in the starting rotation. They don't really have a fifth if you want to count Domingo Herman, go ahead. But I don't think he's a, a, a steady number five in that rotation. Um, you have Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, uh, Frankie Montas, who they just uh, received, and Jameson Tyone. So there's your four guys that you're trusting on to get you to the playoffs, and then they'll get Luis Severino come playoff time. But, uh, yeah, it was just a little bit weird. But the purpose of it is to get a very good defensive center fielder who actually hasn't played in nearly two months due to plantar fasciitis in Harris Bader. So the plan is that Harrison Bader will play in September the gold glover outfielding will shift Aaron judge back to right field. But honestly, I think this was a sneaky win for St. Louis. You acquire a guy in Jordan Montgomery who will start playoff games for you while opening up an everyday outfield spot for Dylan Carlson, who apparently you were so in love for that. uh, You wouldn't include him in a Juan Soto deal with the nationals. So, that was the uh, domino that the Nationals wanted the Cardinals to include. And the Cardinals just said, we cannot do that. Now, my voice is getting scratchy because I've already recorded basically 45 minutes of solo podcasting that didn't go anywhere. Hopefully, the Wi-Fi is holding up. Hopefully, the microphone has sound. Let me double check for that. Yes, it looks like I am talking into the microphone. Hopefully, that's the case. We're going to go through it the full however long it takes. Let me grab a quick water break here before I tell you about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Now, <clears throat> I may take a few water breaks in between because, you know, host, hosting a solo podcast, the voice does get sc- scratchy, at least for me anyways. I have huge sinus issues and allergies and stuff. But are you thinking about joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time to for new customers to bet $100 and earn a free $100 bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out the win bets reduced juice in baseball games that makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. The offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If your son, you know, has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And make sure to check out our Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. Okay. Stop bearing the lead, Noah. Let's talk about 
the blockbuster deal. Um, the San Diego Padres. Now, this is the point of the podcast. I'm going to mention some futures odds. Now, <clears throat> the Padres are not one of the teams that I'm going to recommend to you guys just because I think with all the hype around this deal, the markets have adjusted. Um, and if not, I just don't think there's a ton of value in the play. They are the San Diego Padres, that is. They are plus 1,500 to win the NL West, plus 475 to win the NL, and plus 1,000 to win the World Series on win bet. And off-site, they are minus 600 to make the playoffs. Now, let's talk about this MLB dead, trade deadline that the Padres had. First, they started it on Monday by extending their ace, Joe Musgrove, for five years. Then they acquire a top three closer in the game in Josh Hader. <clears throat> and then on Tuesday, the day of the trade deadline, they acquire Brandon Drury, who has been one of the uh, best kind of breakout players this season. And then, of course, the blockbuster, Josh Bell and Juan Soto. Juan Soto. So let's go more in depth in this deal. Yes, there is recency bias, but this was one of the biggest trade deadline deals ever in the MLB. Some people are saying it's the biggest trade in MLB history. It's recency bias. It's annoying. Um, but could it be true? Sure. It'll all depend on how these prospects perform in the years down the road here. But what we do know is that it was a haul, but you got Juan Soto, a 23-year-old superstar, who's ready to go for you. And the San Diego Padres have pushed their chips into the middle, and they've announced that they are all in for the next two and a half seasons, the next three playoff runs. 23-year-old Juan Soto was the linchpin for one of the biggest hauls of prospects. We'll touch on the prospects in a little bit here, but Juan Soto led the Nationals to a 2019 World Series as a 20-year-old. So we know that this kid is a gamer in the postseason, but he was good in a 2022 Nationals lineup that was bad. Imagine how much better he will get on a good team. He led the league in walks. So he's gonna lock, he's gonna walk less with more protection in the lineup. He's gonna get more RBIs. He's gonna have a better batting average. And for some of you fantasy nerds out there, that's boom, boom, boom. Check it all off. He's probably gonna score more runs too, on a better offense. So, yeah, the Padres they now have three generational talents in Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis, who will soon be back from injury. They have three generational talents in the top four hitters of their batting lineup. Not to mention, don't forget about Josh Bell, who's probably going to be their five hitter. He's got a 315 batting average, four home runs, and a 976 career OPS in Petco Park. What a crazy deal for the San Diego Padres. Now, what did the Padres lose? Well, I think the biggest piece of the deal is C.J. Abrams, but, I mean, all of these guys are pretty important to the Padres. Abrams was a top-10 prospect in all of baseball. He had an 80-grade scout speed with some power. Mackenzie Gore 
they lost. He was drafted third overall in 2017. He was the former number one overall pitching prospect in the MLB in 2020. And Gore did pretty well in the MLB until his minor elbow injury on his pitching arm here. Um, and then the, the biggest thing from this deal was it may not have gotten done if Eric Cosmer didn't waive his no trade clause. Um, I tweeted out when it came out that Hosmer did need to waive his no trade clause. If I was Hosmer, I wouldn't waive it. And this is the most annoying part about it too, is like all the journalists like Jeff Passons and stuff like that. They're trying to be first instead of be completely right. Um, it's, it's annoying, but I mean, <clears throat> it's perfect for the com- consumer. You get to know right away on Twitter, what for what, who for who, what team, um, but sometimes all the facts aren't there, aren't there. And, you know, Hosmer had a 10 team, no trade clause and the Washington nationals were on it. He ended up declining. So they needed to find a new piece to go in this deal. Unlucky for Luke Voigt. It was Luke Voigt. So he, <laughs> he goes from a world series contender to the worst team in the MLB. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. Uh, the Washington, the Washington Nationals also acquired Robert Hassel III, who was the eighth pick in the 2020 MLB draft. He has power and speed. Also going in the deal, 6'7 right fielder James Wood. He uh, he hits for power, but he also hits for very good average. So he's going to draw some cops to Aaron Judge just because of his huge stature and height. But uh, – He's a left-handed hitter, so if you want to go ahead and make the judge comp, still go ahead, but uh, he hits on the opposite side of the plate. And lastly, uh, another huge guy, 6'6", uh, 18-year-old uh, Yarlin Susana. Hopefully I have that last name correct, but uh, yeah, he's an 18-year-old that sits in the high 90s. <laughs> it's, uh, it's projectable triple-digit heat, so... Uh, huge package there for the Padres. Let's go a little bit deeper into the trade deadline. They also acquired Brandon Drury. So now what are they going to do with Brandon Drury? He may start at shortstop over Hassan Kim, but most likely he's probably going to be a utility guy from second base, shortstop, and third base. Um, but I think I think this is a sell high. If you're playing fantasy and you have Brandon Jury, I don't think he's going to be a normal starter. I think the most probable position for him is third base to give Manny Machado some manageable time off from his bum ankle at third. Um, and then, of course, the Padres acquired Josh Hader. He leads the NL in saves with 29 and he's wicked with a snappy, tough-to-hit left-handed arm slot. His 59 strikeouts, 34 innings this year. And uh, for Drury, they gave up their number six overall prospect for the Padres, Victor Acosta. He's an 18-year-old middle infielder who's hitting 246 in rookie ball right now. And then the Brewers, they received Taylor Rogers from the Padres. He's second in the NL with 28 saves. They also got Estuary Ruiz, who has 60 stolen bases, a 333 batting average, and a 1028 OPS in the minors this year. Also, 
Denelson Lamette, who's a talented long reliever who had a 209 ERA in the 2020 season while being a starter. He was a main piece in that Padres team during the COVID season. I I understand what the Brewers are doing here. Uh, we had on the podcast Scott Reichel on Tuesday's pod giving out picks for the trade deadline day, actually. I went three for four on the locks for the picks that I locked up on the MLB picks sportsgamblingpodcast.com page. So still, I, I said it was like the worst day to gamble on MLB, but we did okay if you followed the picks that we gave out. Anyways, Scott's not as high on the Brewers' strategy and their organization right now, but I'm just saying I understand it. Uh, the whole purpose of moving haters that he's a UFA after the season ends, after the postseason. So now they have a more controllable closer or law, uh, leverage reliever, left-hander, and Taylor Rogers, who they're going to have for multiple years. And they grabbed some good prospects in the deal as well. So it, all in all, it avoids a deadly rebuild for a small market team. And trust me, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. So we've been in this thing for like seven years. We traded, we sold the whole farm and we've had nothing. And it's been tough. Uh, really, really testing me. I really want Al Avila out of the front office, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> I understand the move from the Brewers because they're not trying to tear it completely down, but they're also trying to preserve winning baseball for uh, at least five more years. And that's what it's, that's what it's doing. It's avoiding a rebuild, but it's also boosting the farm for the short term. The Padres, they also traded away Eric Hosmer. So he waves his no trade clause, not going to the Washington nationals, but the Padres say, Hey, we can't keep your big contract on our salary tax or income tax. Uh, whatever. So we have to get rid of you still. And we're sending you to the Boston Red Sox who have absolutely no idea what they're doing here at the trade deadline. And we'll talk about that at the end of the pod. But yeah, uh, I think that's it for the Padres talk. Uh, Hosmer, he's batting 272 with a 727 OPS in 2022. Honestly, he's not having a terrible season. It's just not good enough for the price tag of his contract. Next where I think there was a clear one, and that was the Padres. Uh, the number two that emerged, in my opinion, was the New York Yankees. Again, another team that, you know, the value for their futures ever since their hot start, the futures have not had any value lately. Uh, they're minus 10,000 to win the AL East. They have a huge lead in that ser- in that division. They're plus 155 to win the AL, and they're plus 350 to the win the World Series. They're the second favorite behind the L.A. Dodgers on win bet to do so. The Yankees acquired Andrew Benintendi, Frankie Montas, Scott Efros, Lou Trevino, and Harrison Bader. They traded away Joey Gallo, Jordan Montgomery, and eight prospects. Uh, of those eight prospects, only one of those prospects were drafted prior to the fourth round. So you know what? They addressed all of their needs. They got rid, they got rid of Gallo for the fans uh, who had kind of just been done with him, and they brought in a new outfielder. Uh, they also got a bullpen guy to eat up innings. They got a bullpen guy for leverage innings, and they also acquired a starting pitcher that they needed 
desperately. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I think this is the second best trade deadline team here. They addressed all of their needs and they didn't really give up much of their highly touted prospects that they were treating with baby gloves. They still got uh, Volpe. They still got, uh, what's his name, Pereira, and they still got Jason Dominguez. I don't know if the kid's name is Pereira off the top of my head. I didn't have a note on that. But, uh, yeah, the Yankees did very, very well here at the trade deadline. <sighs> my third winner is where it gets, you know, it can be argued a little bit. Uh, third winner I have is the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, this is where it starts to get, you know, you can place a couple of futures on these teams. The Phillies are plus 5,000 to win the NL East. They're plus 2,000 to win the NL, and they're plus 325 to win the World Series. All of those you can find on win bet. And off-site, they're minus 145 to make the playoffs. So the Phillies, they acquired Brandon Marsh, David Robertson, and Noah Syndergaard here at the trade deadline. They traded away Mickey Moniak, who had a 310 average and 924 OPS in the minor leagues this year, and Yadiel Sanchez, who had a 236 average, 715 OPS in A ball, and the Phillies' number three overall prospect, double A catcher Logan O'Hop, who had a 269 batting average, 877 OPS, 15 home runs. All three of those guys went to the Los Angeles Angels. And then to the uh Cubs, they sent Ben Brown, who's a 33rd round pick. He's 6'6", and he's currently breaking out in a high A ball right now with a 3.08 ERA. Plus, if you ask me, uh, DFAing Odubel Herrera and Uris Familia is addition by subtraction. So there you go. Uh, lastly, uh, probably the biggest reason why they are the third winner of the trade deadline they have 11 games remaining this season against the Washington Nationals, who are by far the worst team in the MLB. Uh, completely cleared house. All I have right now is Luke Voigt. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think of those 11 games, you should be able to win seven, and you're in pretty good position to make the playoffs. <coughs> My fourth winner of the MLB trade deadline in 2022 was the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, this one gets interesting because ahead of them, it's the Milwaukee Brewers, and we'll touch on them in a little bit, but the St. Louis Cardinals are plus 200 to win the NL Central, plus 1750 to win the National League, and plus 3000 to win the World Series on win bet. Off-site, you can get them at minus 145 to make the playoffs. They acquired Jordan Montgomery, Jose Quintana, and Chris Stratton. <clears throat> Montgomery will be their third starter. Quintana, either fourth or fifth, depending on where they're going to have Dakota Hudson. <clears throat> Dakota Hudson. But, uh, yeah, they also traded away Harrison Bader, Johan Oviedo, who had 14 MLB games in 2022. He had a 320 ERA, 26 strikeouts, and 25.1 innings pitched. And Malcolm Nunez, who has a high ceiling in AA this year. He was hitting 255, 823 OPS, 17 home runs, 66 RBIs. So it seems also getting Jack Flaherty here uh, come late August, early September. Uh, making very good improvements to this roster. 
they're a winner, like I said, because the Brewers are in their division. <clears throat> the Brewers, you know, my co-host of the MLB Gambling Podcast, Malcolm Bamford, he's not as high on the Brewers because the offense is just inconsistent. They're built around this bullpen, and they traded away their best piece in that bullpen in Josh Hader. Um, we saw the interview with Devin Williams. I think Devin Williams is going to be the next closer, and I think he's going to be fine in that role, but he didn't seem too enthusiastic knowing that Hader had been traded away from the squad. So don't really like the whole mood, I guess I'd say, in that clubhouse over there in Milwaukee. So St. Louis, I think they're in a great spot. I think they could win this division. So plus 200 to win the NL Central, minus 145 to make the playoffs. Look at both of those bets. Uh, the selling winner. Now, all the winners don't have to be buyers at the trade online. I think the Cincinnati Reds did very good in selling this year. You look at uh, they dealt away Tyler Naquin, Philip Beal to the Mets for right-handed pitcher Jose Acuna and center fielder Hector Rodriguez. They also traded away Luis Castillo to the Seattle Mariners for Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, they're both middle infielders, and they also got right-handed pitchers, Levi Stout and Andrew Moore in that deal. They traded away Tommy Pham. Now, if you asked me if they would have gotten anything from Tommy Pham, I would have said no, but they were able to get it for a player to be named later. There you go. Bing, boom. Bada bing, bada boom. That's what I meant to say. Uh, Tyler Malley. This was a heck of a patch, package for Malley. Not what I expected. When Malley got dealt either, uh, infielders Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion, Stard, and Michigan left-hander Stephen Hajar. He was a University of Michigan guy, former Wolverine. I got a soft spot for him. And uh, they also traded away Brandon Drury for shortstop Victor Acosta. The Cincinnati Reds, in my opinion, got so much better in this uh, trade deadline. I think that, you know, if some of these guys pan out, they could be ready in 23, 24. Uh, my second to last winner of the MLB trade deadline here was the Minnesota Twins. Now, at the end of the podcast, I'll give you my lock, but sneak peek, I, I do. Uh, it's really tough for me to hold in my lock for the entire podcast. I think the Minnesota Twins to win the AL Central plus 130 is one of my favorite bets here. Uh, they're plus 2,000 to win the American League. They're plus 4,000 to win the World Series on win bet, all three of those. Off-site, you can get them at plus 110 to make the playoffs. Come on, plus 110. This team badly needed a bullpen, and they got plenty of help in the bullpen. Orioles, Jorge Lopez, their closer. Uh, they also got the Tigers leverage guy, Michael Fulmer. And they also got another starter in Tyler Malley. Like I previously mentioned, I gave you the package that they gave to the Reds. But uh, in the package for Michael Fulmer, Al Avila, the general manager of the Detroit Tigers, thinks that he got an absolute steal that he knows everything about everything. He got a double-A reliever named Sawyer Gibson Long, who is a 719 ERA. He's not even a top 30 prospect in the Minnesota Twins farm system. It's brutal out here in Detroit, um, but Twins got an absolute steal in the 2016 rookie AL Rookie of the Year in Michael Fulmer, 
and he's been great in reinventing himself as a bullpen beast after uh, a couple of injuries. So, yeah. Uh, and then also, the package that went to the Orioles, um, they got right-handed pitchers, Yenier Cano, Juan Nunez. They got a lefty in Cade Povich, and they got Juan Rojas. Now, Povich projects to be a mid-rotation starter. Cano is a 28-year-old prospect. Yuck. And the O's have already sent down Nunez and Rojas to the Florida Complex League. Why do you even trade Lopez? What's the point if you're the Orioles? <clears throat> but uh, the Twins, they're in a division that did jack shit. Now, the beginning of the season, uh, the whole seventh playoff spot, the third wild card spot, my ass. The Orioles, they sold. Like, that's a team that that extra playoff spot was argued to be meant for and they didn't compete for it they sold their closer and they sold the life and heart of their team that's been there in Trey Mancini for years <sighs> then you look at other teams in this AL American League the White Sox and Guardians didn't even do anything to compete for the wild card it's like they don't even want it Rob Manfred don't piss on my back and tell me that it's raining because you can't tell me this is exhibit 1a of my argument that i made like two months ago against having the seventh playoff spot it's stupid to have half of a league in the playoffs in a 162 game season what are the point what's the point of 162 games if half the league makes the playoffs it's so dumb so dumb so dumb um, so dumb, <laughs> but, uh, it was solely for the money and that extra playoff spot. Um, cause you know, they argued that the teams that don't normally get a shot to make the playoffs and it would be the Baltimore Orioles. That team has been a dumpster fire, a dumpster fire for years now. They finally have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. And they just sell at the trade deadline when they're two and a half games out of the playoffs. Um, so we'll get to the losers in a second, but sneak peek, the number one loser is Rob Manfred. Uh, so, yeah, he's a clown. Uh, the last winner that I have for you guys here at the trade deadline is the Houston Astros. And this is another team that, you know, the betting value and the free futures may, uh, futures market just isn't there. They're minus 12,000 to win the AL West, uh, plus 185 to win the AL, plus 400 to win the World Series. All three of those you can find on WinBet. The thing is, the Astros, they address their needs without giving up any current or future key pieces. Houston acquired Christian Vasquez to catch uh, first baseman to platoon with Yuli Gurriel, Trey Mancini from the Orioles, and the left-handed reliever Will Smith, uh, Will Smith from the Atlanta Braves. Interesting, interestingly enough, for Jake Odorizzi, uh, I think like a week ago I had mentioned that you know Odorizzi looks to be the odd man out in the six-man rotation for the Houston Astros. That's really, really good. So Odorizzi is now a Brave, and 
yeah, so that was the last winner. Before we get to the losers, let me talk to you guys about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data. The hackers advertises your ISP and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed on your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public. I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you need, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com SGP. Plus, one more. Have you heard about Odds Trader yet? Odds Trader, if I had to sum it up for you perfectly, it's like it's like ESPN for sports betters. Are you wanting to find the best price out there? Like for an underdog of the day, when you're taking the Baltimore Orioles at home because they cover the run line the most out of the MLB at home. Well, if there's one sports book that offers plus 120 on Baltimore to win the game and WinBet is offering plus 140 to win the game, Odds Trader is going to show you that. They're going to show you all the sports books in the in, that you're interested in and what books offer the best price. But it's also ESPN because it gives you play-by-play updates, live scores, box scores, player stats, key game stats, and even, even stuff like a bet tracker to allow you to keep track of how much money you're winning based off of what prices you're able to get out there. So if that sounds interesting to you, go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader is the number one site for all of your game day bets. That is O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash B-L-U-E-W-I-Y-R-E, Blue Wire. All right, so now I've saved my losers for last, but we're also going to go through a couple of notable trades. So that's not technically true. I already kind of mentioned some of my losers. Um, you know, I kind of have to start with the White Sox. If your general manager, Rick Hahn, is going to fall asleep in a suite at your baseball game during the MLB tra- uh, trade deadline, you're a loser. So he fell asleep at a baseball game. You just can't do that, especially if you're in the front office like Rick Hahn. Uh the Guardians, 
They're a loser for literally doing nothing, just sitting on their thumbs and not making a single move. You're a loser. Uh, and then lastly, my last loser of the trade deadline is these poor, poor Baltimore Orioles fans. Baltimore finally somewhat looked good, but instead of competing for the seventh stupid playoff spot, they sold for a pitching prospect, Seth Johnson, who's currently undergoing Tommy John surgery. They sold for two single-A prospects, Chase McDermott and Cade Povich. They sold for two rookie ball prospects, Juan Rojas and Juan Nunez. And they sold for a damn 28-year-old rookie Yenye Cano or whatever his name is. I feel for you, Orioles fans. As a Tiger fan, I feel for you. <coughs> it looked like you guys were competing above expectations and were in the running for a playoff spot. And you sold. You were 16-9 and in July. You were two and a half games out of the playoffs but your general manager pulled the trigger on that new golden retriever puppy that you guys thought you owned. You sold. And he sold for a bunch of players that aren't going to be ready in the Met, aren't going to be MLB ready for two to three years. This team was ready to go, ready to win. And he got two A players and two rookie ball players. They're not going to be MLB ready, maybe at all, but if they are, it's two to three years down the road. He sold in 2022 to maybe win in 2025. That's what it is. So, sorry, Baltimore Orioles fans. It happens. Lastly, I don't know if they're losers, but I have no idea what the Boston Red Sox were doing on Monday and Tuesday. Absolutely no idea. Um, and I'll include them in this segment. I don't know if they're losers. How did Chicago, the Cubs, not trade Wilson Contreras? They better think that they're going to go out there in the offseason and re-sign him. <sighs> Arbitration is going to be tough. And Ian Happ could have went too. Um, so hopefully, for their sake, they get to resign him. Uh, before we end the podcast here, let me touch on the other notable trades from Monday night and Tuesday that we probably touched on the podcast somewhat, but not really in depth. So I'd like to uh, list off a couple of stats on the key names from these deals. The first one, the Toronto Blue Jays, they acquired Anthony Bass and Zach Pop from the Miami Marlins. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting Anthony Bass once or twice uh, at Wayne State baseball camps. He was a pitcher there for Wayne State, and I went to those camps because Alan Trammell and Lance Parrish were coaching at him, and they brought in uh, former or current MLB players like Anthony Bass, so cool guy and good to see him being an important piece here at the trade deadline. Um, and I get to talk about him, uh, former Michigander. Um, those two guys went to 
Toronto. Toronto sent Jordan Groshans, who actually is not having his best year right now, but he's normally a better hitter for average. He's hitting 250 right now with a 644 OPS. So it's probably good for him to get out of Toronto. He's a shortstop. Uh, he would have been behind Bo Bichette for most of his career. So let him go somewhere else and see if that he was if he's able to like raise his ceiling a little bit and get into the MLB and make some noise. Next deal, the Boston Red Sox they acquire Eric Hosmer from the Padres. Hosmer's hitting 272 with a 727 OPS. Um, I don't think that the Red Sox are going to have to pay much of his salary. I think the Padres are going to end up eating uh, most of his contract. So shouldn't be an issue for the Red Sox. I don't know if they're buying or selling, but they at least have a first baseman for the next three years. The Atlanta Braves, they acquired Rizal Iglesias literally at the trade deadline mark. It was like 5.59 and 40 seconds when this one got announced. Uh, Rizal Iglesias comes over from the Los Angeles Angels. He had 16 saves, 48 strikeouts, only nine walks in 35.2 innings pitched. The Toronto Blue Jays, again, it was right there with the Rizal Iglesias deal. They acquired Whit Merrifield from Kansas City. Now, He's not having his best year either. Uh, the biggest question with him is, will he get that vaccine? Um, he's getting traded to a contender, so I don't think it's going to be a problem or an issue for him. So it just turns out, hey, if you're a good baseball team, you can convince a MLB player to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, he's hitting 240 right now with a 643 OPS. My, my on-the-field question, other than the vaccine question, is – does he fit in with the Toronto Blue Jays? He's another right-handed hitter, um, and he's he's a utility player. He's better than a utility player, but he plays second base, shortstop, third base, everywhere in the outfield for you. So he, he's going to be an everyday player, changing up positions, but who is he swapping in for? You got all these right-handed hitters in the Toronto Blue Jays lineup. You needed more of a left-handed hitter. If you're going to go out there and get a position player, you probably needed a starter more than anything. He didn't get a starting pitcher. So it's a little bit tough for the Blue Jays fans out there. Seattle Mariners, they acquired Kurt Casale and left-handed pitcher who hasn't even thrown a single inning yet this year in Matt Boyd. He was a former Tiger and he was on the trade block or he was in trade deadline talks for like his last three years here in Detroit. So frustrating that we couldn't even get a box of rocks for Boyd when literally he didn't play. He didn't pitch a single pitch during the 2022 MLB season, and the Giants are able to get something out of him. Just embarrassing uh, for the Tigers' front office. Milwaukee Brewers, they acquired Trevor Rosenthal from the San Francisco Giants as well. The New York Mets, they acquired Darren Ruff from the San Francisco Giants. There you go, Dylan Rockford, co-host of the MLB Gambling Podcast. You got your right-handed power hitter and Darren Ruff and your left-handed power hitter and Daniel Vogelbach. Both guys probably bench players, platoon hitters, pinch hitters. Um but, you know, they are they are good bats. And the Mets, they sent over J.D. Davis to San Francisco. 
the Atlanta Braves. This one was interesting. I'm actually surprised that the Detroit Tigers were able to trade Robbie Grossman. He goes to the Braves. He he's brutal against right-handed pitching. He's got like a 150 batting average, but against left-handed pitching, he has like a thousand OPS. So again, it's hard to say the Atlanta Braves GM's name. It's like Alex Anthopoulos or something like that. He again makes one of these interesting late trade deadline moves. Last year he acquired like four outfielders. This year he goes out there and gets Robbie Grossman. He'll be a platoon guy going up against left-handed pitching. We'll see what he does uh, for the Braves out there or down there in Atlanta. The Milwaukee Brewers, they acquired Matt Bush from the Rangers for Mark Matias and Antoine Kelly. The Boston Red Sox acquired White Sox catcher Reese McGuire. The Chicago White Sox didn't trade for a single player. They decided to trade away their backup catcher. And is Yasmani back from injury? <laughs> Do they have Yasmani Grandal right now? Uh, what is going on over there? The last trade that I wanted to mention, interestingly enough, it's between two non-contenders for the playoffs right now. The Arizona D-backs acquired third, ba- third baseman Emmanuel Rivera from the Kansas City Royals for right-handed pitcher Luke Weaver. Now, probably my only analysis from this one is good for Rivera to get out of Kansas City because he's behind Bobby Witt Jr. It's probably not going to get much chance there. Um, so good luck in Arizona, Emmanuel Rivera. Um, <clears throat> I never quite know how to end these podcasts when I'm just running solo. A lot of times I was just rambling at the end of the college baseball experience podcasts. So I think I'm going to end it with one lock. Um, and my one lock, uh, skin the cat, however way you want to do it, take the Minnesota twins, whether it's to win the AL central or if you go out there and find the plus 110 to make the playoffs, I really like the Minnesota Twins because the competition in their AL Central division didn't do anything here at the trade deadline. Uh, the Chicago White Sox didn't acquire anybody. The Cleveland Guardians didn't acquire anybody. Uh, Tigers sent away two of their – like uh, they sent away two rental players basically. Um, and the Royals sold a little bit. They got rid of Witt and Andrew Benintendi. So I think that the Twins right now, they have the best value out of the teams that I gave out. Uh, the Cardinals, they're another one that I really like. Um, I've talked about them during the All-Star break as well. Um, so hopefully you them then. Uh, and the value is still there right now here at the trade deadline. So Twins is the lock, though. Uh, just go with plus 110 to make the playoffs. We'll see if they can – I mean, they should be able to make a wild card spot too, but I think they could win the division here. Again, rambling, like always. Uh, follow me on Twitter or TikTok or wherever at 77NB. That is the word 70, the number 7NB. I'm also running the MLB Gambling Podcast Twitter account at MLB SGPN and wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's YouTube subscribe, please. Or if you're listening to Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts, leave a like ratings review, subscribe to the podcast because 
it does way more than you know, and it helps behind the scenes, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you guys very much for listening to me ramble about the MLB trade deadline. And, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's it for me to go. <laughs> um, adios, amigos. I'll talk to you guys soon.